Everybody say, if he did it once, he'll do it again. Did it once, he'll do it again. I was sitting on the front row of the church about three, four weeks ago, and we were singing a song called Do It Again. It's a song by Elevation Church. Very powerful. I liked the way it sounded. I liked the words too, but for some reason, again, just hearing it on a CD or, uh, you know, you download music now on your phone, and hearing it that way is one thing. It's another thing when you get in the environment. I, I mean, you're here, you know what I'm talking about, but I can't say that enough about getting people in this environment. It changes so much. Um, it just is another, it adds a new dimension to it. And so we were singing the song. We sang it a couple of times at church, but I'm on the front row and I really didn't pay attention to it like I probably should have. But I'm worshiping God. I'm praising God. The song, do it again. And uh, we walk around these walls. I thought they'd fall by now. And, but, you know, he'll do it again. So I, I, I listen to the words and I'm crying. I'm weeping, right? And God's presence is all over me, and God speaks to me, and he says, son, what I'm about to do is I'm about to do it again in your life. And he says, I'm about to do it again in their lives, and I'm going to do it again in this church. And the Lord says, I'm going to awaken in you those things that have been asleep. And it was like the Lord kind of let them sleep for a little while. You know how he does sometimes. He'll let them sleep. I'm going to talk about it in just a moment. And, and, but they were inside me the whole time. And when he said that to me, I knew what he meant. And guys, there's, a, there's been two encounters I've had with the Lord uh, last week, two, two encounters. One on Tuesday night right here in the sanctuary by myself at night and Wednesday night about the same time, a little later on Wednesday. And I had an encounter with the Lord both nights. I'm not talking about his presence. That's wonderful. I'm talking about God walking in, like God walked in. And um, he spoke to me some things. And one of the things that God spoke to me was about restoration. And I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. I do want to teach this word today. But I, I want to tell you that God's all in the business of restoring his people back to where they need to be again. And what he did once, he's willing to do it again. I want to take our text here from Genesis chapter 4, verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again. Let's say it together. And Adam knew his wife again. And she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born and named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. A revival began to break out. Verse 25, and Adam knew his wife again. If he did it before, he'll do it again. I want to make this pronouncement today in this church. You are going to get back everything the devil has stolen from your life. And when you get it back, <laughs> it ain't going to be as recognizable as it once was. Why? It's going to be good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Who's ready for another level of God's superfluous running over in your life? Abundant supply. So grateful for what I had, but I don't even want it anymore. I'm over that. <laughs> he's going to bring it back, and he's going to establish it. 
and then he's going to be, it's going to become my foundation or my launch pad to go further than I've ever gone before. You see, the farmer understands the principle very well. Church, we've got to discern the seasons and the times that we live in. Many times we get frustrated with God and even frustrated with ourselves and frustrated with the people around because we don't discern the season. You can't harvest every day. There's a season for harvesting. The Bible says there's a time to plant and a time to harvest. So there's seed time, harvest. There's seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, harvest. It's that time thing that we got a problem with. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you might have lived this before. And during the, between the seed and the harvest is time. And during that time, the farmer knows he's got to maintain his trees. So if he plants a, if he plants an apple seed in the ground and he plants many of them, what's he trying to approve or to have? He's trying to have an apple orchard that produces many, many apples. And he knows that the first two or three years might be really good. But because he has the wisdom and the discernment to understand times and seasons, because he understands how that tree operates and what it actually needs, he knows that he's got to do something to the tree, the tree probably not going to like that much. Because after all, that tree's so pretty and so wonderful and so beautiful and has done so well for so many years. But he knows if he don't go in and prune the tree. Are y'all hearing me today? If he don't go in and prune the tree, he knows that the next time harvest comes, it's going to be less than it was the year before. He's got to cut back what's on the tree in order for the tree to produce even more. In other words, if he wants to have a more mature crop, a crop that even has more of it than the year before, he's got to prune it back. If he doesn't prune the tree, what happens is it becomes an immature tree and it becomes less than, sour, it's no longer sweet, it doesn't taste as good. He knows that it looks perfectly fine on the outside, but he knows that the trimming process, if he can cut those things off, new life will come from those limbs and produce even more new apples. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, I must discern my time. So when that farmer goes and prunes the tree, it looks like the tree is going backwards and not forward. And that's where some of God's people have been. That's where this church has been. That's where a lot of people have been in the last 2008 till now, like the last 10 years. It's been like a pruning process. And honey, the pruning process ain't fun. I'm not about going backwards. I want to go forward. But if I only have my eye on what the master's doing right now, I'll never know what he's trying to accomplish in my life. Therefore, I don't want him to prune. I pull back my branches. Oh, no, God, not today. No more. I don't want you to cut it off. Why? I don't want to feel the pain. But the pain in the process is what's needed to get the promotion and the blessing. Are, are y'all here so far? Some of you feel like you've been pruned. Let me make this statement. If you've been cut back, get ready for your comeback. I said if you've been cut back, get ready for your comeback. This is going to be your banner year. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody is going to get a second chance on the original promise that God made them. God told Eve that her seed would rise up and that seed would grow up after they had sinned in the garden. He said, your seed's going to rise up and that seed will bruise the head of the serpent. But the serpent would bruise the heel 
of the seed. Eve immediately understood that what God was saying about her seed. He was speaking to the promise that was already in her. The seed, the promise, the child that wasn't ready yet to come forth. But when the promise did come forth, it did not bring her pleasure but pain. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. It didn't come out the way she thought. God was speaking of not her immediate seed, but that which was to be incubated on the inside until the right time and the right season of its release. And that would be many years later in Jesus Christ, who became the capital S seed for all mankind. That bruised the head of Satan on, cro on the cross of Calvary. Amen. The Jewish women of old carried a tradition of expectation that when they were pregnant, they thought, maybe it is. Maybe I could be carrying the Messiah. That was their tradition. Young women, when they got pregnant, maybe I have the Messiah on the inside of me. Maybe I'll give birth to a Savior. And that's the power of the seed. It's the promise in itself. It is the promise in itself that carries the potential to deliver you. The promise of itself, the seed, the destiny that God put inside of you. The dream God put inside of you. The desire of his will on the inside of you becomes almost like a savior, if I can say it that way, like a savior. That promise becomes something that can save you in the end. That's why it's got to come to full term and you've got to be willing to give it birth because why? It will bring you what? It will bring you your breakthrough. You've got to guard it. You gotta pray over it. You gotta thank God every day that you got it. You gotta protect it. You gotta speak the right words over it. You gotta pray. You gotta speak in tongues. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, see me after service. We're gonna pray for you, and you're gonna get filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's time for the church to wake up to the fact that we need the Holy Ghost in our life. Bible says that Adam knew his wife again, and Eve bore a son. First one came out, his name was Cain. She became pregnant again. Well, the Bible doesn't say she actually became pregnant again. We don't know if they were twins, and one came out first, or, and one came out second, or, or there were two separate occasions. We're not too sure about that. But she has a second son, and the second one she called Abel. Here's how I remember them. Cain and Abel. God said, bring me an offering. Cain said, I can't. Abel said, I'm Abel. Come on, somebody. Don't let that Cain spirit get on you. God says, just trust me. I can't. God says, love them people. I can't. God says, forgive him. I can't. Forgive her. I can't. Marry that person you're living with. I can't. Give your tithe and offering. I can't. Plug into this church and go to growth track and find out more about the church that you belong to. I can't. Where's the Abels? Where are the Abels? God says to Abel, pray. I'm able. Love your neighbor and your mother-in-law. I'm able. Give your time to me. I'm able. Submit yourself to godly authority. I'm able. Read my word. I'm able. Touch your neighbor and just say, I'm able. How about you? I'm able. 
Do we have any Abel's in the house this morning? It's important to recognize here that God doesn't look at the chronological order of something to determine what gets blessed. Just because Cain was first in line didn't mean he automatically got God's blessing. God doesn't look to see who's first. God looks to see who's obedient. He's only always looked for people who would just simply obey. Just obey. The blessing actually fell on Abel and not Cain. The blessing fell on the second time. I feel like speaking in tongues right here. The blessing fell on the second seed, not the first. God is teaching us the power of the second seed. Just because you didn't see the blessing the first time doesn't mean you won't the second time. Our God is a God of second chances. Just when you think it's over, Lazarus comes back out of the grave. Come on, church. And by the way, the Lord showed me in my encounter with him that Lazarus is about to show up in this church. He said, it's a whole generation of my people who have been dead. And the Lord says, when they come back in this place, they're going to hear the stirring of the waters and want to see what it's all about. And when they come in, you don't judge them. You don't talk about them. You grab them. You lay your hands on them. And you give them life where there was death. You unwrap you unwrap those gray clothes off of their bodies, the thing that's got them bound, you unbind them. And then he said, you wash the stink off of them of death with the washing of the water of my word. They're coming, church. They're coming. Are you ready? They have to come. God's always set things right in his church first before there was ever a revival to the world. Always. Always. I never thought my ministry would be a ministry of restoration. But when I look in your eyes and I hear the testimonies of the last three or four weeks, I hear it. I see God, you're coming alive. You, you think I'm coming alive. You're coming. You're the ones coming alive. I am too. We all are. We're coming alive, man. And we're, 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 there, there's a watershed now. There's a watershed. We can't go back. We just can't. We, I burned the bridge, guys. I don't know about you, but I burned the bridge. I'm not going back. I, I only want to start from here and move forward. He's showing me that God's people are going to come in because we've always been about souls. And I love souls. And we'll always, look, we'll always go after souls. But he said, what about my people? They have a soul too, Jeff. What about them? They got to come in here and you're going to have to love them back to life again. Just when you think it's Cain, it's actually Abel. Just when you think it's Perez, it's Sarah. Just when you think it's Esau, it's Jacob. Just when you think it's Saul, it's David. Just when you think it's Adam, it's Jesus. Come on, somebody. God ain't looking at your past to determine your future. He's got you right where you're supposed to be. He's just been doing a little cut, cut, cut. There's something about the second seed. There's something about the second opportunity that gets God's attention the most. I don't know what it is except for in my own heart. I believe it's because we just didn't quit. We just kept moving forward. We just stayed faithful. We fell sometimes, but we got back up. 
something about the second that we strove for, we prayed about, we thought about, we wanted desperately, and God put his attention on that. Let me tell you something. There's a definable difference between someone who has the blessing on them and someone who does not. You can see it when it's there, and you can see it when it is not. Someone that has the blessing upon them doesn't make them perfect. It just means that things on their life begins to work. And someone who does not have the blessing, things in their life seem to fall apart. I'm ready for that blessing. I said, I'm ready. Are you ready? Well, get ready. Let me tell you something. You better get ready because when you get the blessing on you, not everybody's going to celebrate you. Not everybody's going to like you because you got blessed. Now we go, oh, you're doing really well. Isn't that wonderful? They're going to go, oh, you're doing really well? Mm. Come on, somebody. Can you handle the persecution? Or do you want to go back the way it was? Come on, y'all. Come on, somebody. If you're going to go back to the hood, I'm going to say it that way. If you're going to go back to the hood, go back to set them free. Don't, be, go, don't go back and participate. If you're going to go back to the way it used to be, I don't celebrate that stuff. I don't celebrate that stuff. At some point, we got to grow past it and be contributing people to the kingdom of God. Joseph had two dreams. In those dreams, he, in the dreams, he saw his family bowing to him. He went and told his family. The father loved Joseph and saw something about Joseph that was very special, even though he wasn't too happy about those dreams. Because after all, the dad don't bow to the son. But he had favor on Joseph, and he made him a coat of many colors. You've probably heard of this before. And he put it upon his son. He's got 11 other brothers, but only Joseph got the favor. Everybody wants the favor, man. Oh, Jesus, I want your favor. Lord, please just give me some favor. I need favor. Favor ain't fair. Come on, how we talk. You know how we talk. Until we get it. And then we get it. We put that robe on. Coat of many colors, you can't miss it. It's like a big, bright red bullseye on your back. And everybody that you thought would be with you, people you thought would be would stay with you, talk behind your backs. Oh, he just think he this because he got all that. And, you know, I just can't believe, you know, always talking about God all the time. I know how he really is. I used to party. I used to, I did all that stuff with him. Yeah, he probably still doing it. Don't tell nobody. I know how he really is. Am I preaching right? Amen. And the brothers didn't see the coat. All they saw was Joseph's gloat. They thought all he was doing was bragging on himself. Don't hate, y'all. Don't hate, celebrate. If somebody gets blessed before you do, say, thank you, Jesus. I'm next in line. I'm going to go ahead and thank you, Lord. If you did it for them, you got to do it for me too. We, we live in a culture. Can I have a few more minutes? We live in a culture. I'm going to go ahead and take it. If you got to go, I know they got Golden Corral's open now because we live by the Golden Corral now. And over there, oh my God, they're going to eat all that food over there. There'll be plenty. Hang with me. Your belly can hold it for just another minute, okay? <laughs> but, but, you know, we live in a culture where people don't want, they hate it when people succeed. Anybody who succeeds gets persecuted. Anybody who's got a little money in their pocket gets persecuted. Anybody who gets ahead gets persecuted like it's a bad thing. Why is that a bad thing? Everything about God grows. Everything about God has life. With his life, things grow and expand and multiply. 
Amen. We have to celebrate when we see someone get blessed, guys. We can't get all up in our chest about it and get upset and, and take it personal while God blessed them but didn't bless me. No, you're looking at it wrong. Find out what they did. Ask some questions, praise God. And then say, Lord, if you did it for them, you'll do it for me. Adam, look, Abel was blessed. Why was he blessed? Because he brought before the Lord what was required. He brought an offering that God asked for. Not what he wanted. Cain wanted to give what he wanted to give, but God didn't say that. He said, this is what I, he gave a specific way of giving an offer. He said, this is what I want you to do. And Abel just said, okay, the way you did it is the way it's going to happen. Now look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. How do you receive faith? Because by faith, he gave that offering. How do you receive faith? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So you don't fast for faith. You don't get anointed with oil for faith. You don't get hands laid on you for faith. You step up your word level. And the more you get the Bible, the word inside of you, the more faith grows. And when faith grows, honey, now all of a sudden, nothing becomes impossible to you. Come on, somebody. I said, when your faith level gets high, it's because your word level's high. Word level's low, faith level's low. To get faith high, you got to shut off Netflix and turn Pruitt on. Come on, someone say amen. Get my, get my, get my, get my stuff. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why you showed up to church today instead of going down to German Fest. You know why? You knew you needed this word today because you ain't facing Mr. Rogers tomorrow Monday morning. You're facing demons and devils and principalities and powers and you need a word from God to deliver you out of every trial, tribulation, every attack of the enemy. Come on. I think we got the right crowd in the house today. Woo. In the middle of July, we got some hungry people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired and want their God to show up. Eve watched Cain grow up. She watched Abel grow up. She saw that Abel gave God what was asked for, and as a result, he was blessed. If you give God what he wants, he'll give you what you need. Hallelujah. So Cain rose up to kill Abel for the sole purpose because he was blessed. The devil hates your blessing. If he could, he'd kill you. He can't. But he'll try everything he ever trick in the book. To get you to walk away. And when that hell rages against you, you go ahead and praise God anyway. Come on, somebody. You give God praise. I said that was a good time to shout right there. You go ahead and give God praise anyway. I don't praise him my way. I praise him anyway. Come on, church. Amen. I don't just praise him because everything's going my way. I don't praise him just because everything seems to be working out in my direction. I don't praise him when all the bills are paid and everything's taken care of. And I just came back from a trip and I got a little bit of a suntan. Come on. I praise him when everything's coming against me. I praise him when hell. I praise him when my family members won't stand with I praise him just because he's God all by himself. I think it's time right here for just a 10-second praise break. Can somebody shout? Just because he's worthy. 
just because he's worthy. Hallelujah. That's what David did when he came back for Ziglag. And he came back and he saw his whole city burned to the ground. No food left. They didn't eat for three days. All hundreds of men came back, saw their, their, their houses burned to the ground. All their women and children taken captive. No food to eat. And then they looked at David and said, this is how we get treated, doing God a favor. And this is how we get treated. And then they stopped to take him out and take his life. And he slipped away and got alone with God. The same God that delivered him from the lion and the bear. He said, Lord, I don't know what to do, but you got to give me an answer. And the Bible said he began to worship God. And as he did, he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Honey, when you ain't got nobody else, when nobody else will come in agreement with you, this God will take you by the hand. You got to learn to encourage yourself. Glory to God. Eve thought she would have seen God bless Cain. After all, he was the first seed. She was disappointed. He killed his brother, her second son. A disappointment doesn't have to be a missed appointment. You keep putting one foot in front of the other. God ain't through yet. 1 Corinthians 15, 46, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. Could it be that the first time you thought you had something was more about you than God? Can we just talk and be real about it? Was it more about building your kingdom than God's kingdom? But what now? Is he now preparing you? Have you allowed him to prune you and cut you back so you can be prepared for a comeback? If you're being pulled back, come on, like a slingshot, is so he can let you go further into your future. First the natural, then the spiritual. Hebrews 10.9, then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Can't get no more plain than that. I thought God was going to bless me with a church in Madison, but he had Milwaukee on his mind. He took away the first that he may establish the second. Hey, come on, somebody. And if you were here through my doors series, my doors series, you can't have two doors open at the same time. You're going to have to make your mind up which door you're going to walk through. If he shuts one door, it's because he's wanting to open a new door. And I'm here to tell somebody today that God's about to open a new and effectual door for you. How many people are ready for the new door to open in their life? Come on. All right. Let me read this prophecy. Okay. And if you're a guest here today, you stay. You're great. I love you. I want you to come back next week. And then you're not a guest anymore. You're just going to be family. That's the way it is. We just adopt you. But this is for us. And, and because there's been the stirring of God in our churches of late, um, I'm getting prophetic words from people. They don't know it. They don't even know what's going on here. And this prophetess gave me this word, uh, who I know is very seasoned. You'll know by the word when we hear it. She says she's seasoned. Um, but didn't know it was taking place. So precious. Gave it to me last week. Let me read it to you. 
<clears throat> Father, I just thank you for a fire of your spirit that is coming and visiting them. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for an awakening of those things that have fallen asleep. That you are awakening, that's the exact phrase I just told you, that you are awakening things that have been uh, put out by man and troubled and hurt by man. And the Lord, I heard the Lord say, I'm awakening you, son and daughter. I'm awakening the gifts and the callings on the inside of you. And the Lord says that you've wondered why we had to go through what we had to go through. But the Lord says, I allowed that to happen so that there would be the dying of the old in your lives so that I could bring the new inside of you. And the Lord says you have felt trampled, you have felt underfoot, and that you have felt so much betrayal that, there weren't, that uh, you weren't sure if you could even lift up your heads. But the Lord says, son and daughter, I'm causing the sun to shine on you. I'm causing my favor to fall upon you in a way that you've never known before. The Lord says, I had to shut the door to the old ways because I'm not going to move in the old. I'm not going to move in the way it used to be. Lord says, I'm going to move in a new and mighty way by my Holy Spirit. And Lord says, I'm allowing my Holy Spirit to flow in you and through you. The Holy Spirit says, son, you cried out to me and you said, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will say whatever you want me to say. I just see the Lord say, son, you threw your hands in the air and you threw it up and you said, whatever you want, God, I'm not going to contend with you any longer. I'm not going to do it my way. And the Lord says, son, I took that in the spirit and I began to move in a mighty force that you don't even know of. But the Lord says, I'm opening up my portals of heaven over you. I'm going to move through Faith Builders Church in Milwaukee in a supernatural way. And the Lord says, son, stay in the vein that you're in. Stay in the mo that momentum that you're in. Stay in the voice of the Holy Spirit that you're speaking and what you're doing. The Lord says, you are in the right lane. I am confirming it. The Lord says, son, you're in the right lane. You're doing the right thing. You're going to push back the forces of hell over that area. You're going to push back the forces of darkness and resistance. The enemy... Has, an, has had an assignment to rain down upon you, but the Lord says, I'm lifting that assignment even this very hour, says the Lord. I'm lifting it off of you and off of that ministry. And the Lord says, I'm pushing back the clouds of darkness and pushing back the clouds of despair, and I'm going to open up for you, uh, my heaven to you, son. I hear the Lord say, open up your heart and have ears to hear what I'm about to say, and daughter, have ears to hear what I'm about to say, because I'm going to do a new thing in and through you. I heard the Lord say, I'm sending the winds of revival across this nation. I'm, I'm, I'm awakening the church. I'm pushing back the forces of unrighteousness and idolatry and ungodliness, says the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm setting up stations throughout the nation that will have a cry of righteousness and the voice of the Spirit. And, that hear, and I hear the Lord say, son and daughter, I've called you to be a portal to the city. I've called you to be a hub of revival to that city. You, you will be... Uh, you, you will be a distributor not just of the goods to the needs of the people, but you're going to be a distributor of hope and of life and of healing and deliverance, says the Lord. For you're going to move in signs and wonders and miracles. The Lord says, get ready, get ready, get ready. Keep your faces like a flint. Don't be discouraged. Don't look back. It's time to press on. It's time to activate the gift of God on the inside of you, for I'm doing a new and mighty thing, says the Lord. I hear the Lord say, I'm sending the winds of joy to your household. I'm sending laughter to you, son and daughter, for there's been many tears and frustrations. Uh, it's been a time where you've been laid out by the world and the enemy. But the Lord says, son and daughter, I'm putting laughter in your mouth. I'm going to fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of praise, says the Lord. And you're going to have joy to run this race. You're going to have a new endurance. The Lord says, you'll run and not grow weary. I hear the Lord say, son, you pick up that baton and you run that, the race that I've called you to run because I put a patriarch's voice on the inside of you. I have put up apostolic voice in the, in, in the season that you even felt uh, when you were younger, but the Lord says, son, you're stepping into it now, so pick up that baton and, and have the voice of the father, have the voice of the patriarch in the season, says the Lord, and allow my spirit to move in you in a strong and mighty way. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So, I wanted to read that to you because it's the new and effectual door that God is opening in this house. 
Eve lost two sons. One was killed. The other one was on the run for his life. How many women have ever birthed a child? Let me show you, have you birthed a child in this place? In this place? Okay. Was it easy? Was it, was it difficult? Was there pain involved? Yet why is it? Why is it? Because us men don't understand this. That after you're done, about a month or two later, I want to have another baby. What's wrong with y'all? Wasn't there enough pain in the first one? I'm thinking, please, God. I'm so glad I'm a man. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I see it. I remember first, my wife was pregnant, man. The first one with my son. And I, we didn't know nothing. And I didn't take Lamont's class. I walked out of the second class because they were on the floor. And they were, they, were doing, I, they were doing yoga stuff. And they said, just relax. I said, this is of the devil. Let's get out of here. This is of the devil. Let's go. I said, she wanted me to relax. I was put in a state of transcendental meditation. They're going to get my spirit out of my body. No way, Jesus. I ain't doing this. And then they, but the first week they showed a movie. I already knew I didn't want to see it no more. They didn't want to see it no more. Second one was not good. So I didn't do Lamas. We get there, and my wife's in pain, and I'm rubbing her stomach. I'm just rubbing her. I didn't know what to do. I was just rubbing her stomach. Finally, she grabs my hand. She says, stop rubbing me. Okay. I didn't know. You know, I mean, they, they're different. Why? There's pain stuff going on. Don't touch me. It's your fault on this way anyways. You know, that kind of, she didn't say that. But it's, it's, it's painful, right? I don't care what it is that you're giving birth to. It's painful. If it's a church, a ministry, a business, a relationship, there's going to be pain involved. Anything of value will have pain to bring it forth. Oh, but the joy that it is to hold your purpose in your arms and say, it's here. There's pain to bring forth the purpose. Some women think, is it worth it? Once they get pregnant, their body starts moving, changing, hips hurt and back hurts and got to go to the bathroom every three seconds and, and they're eating crazy stuff and, and the nose gets wider and, all, you know, I don't know what that is. It just gets bigger. Let me see yours. Not too bad. Anna's just, she don't get in, she don't gain no weight. She just don't even know she's pregnant until she turns sideways. I have no idea she's even pregnant. And, um, and, and so, uh, and there's all this adjustment going on, right? There's all this, this difficulty going on. They say, I don't know if it's worth it. Too late, baby. Why? You're already pregnant. There's only one way out now. You got to push. You got to push. There's only one way. If you're, in, if you're in labor and you're at the doctor's office, what did he say? He said, okay, it's time. Push. You don't mind pushing the first half hour. After that hour, Mark, you go, I don't want to push no more. I don't want to it out. I want it out. You can't quit. You ain't got a choice. Why? You're pregnant with the purpose of God on the inside of you. You can't help it. Push. Push into your destiny. Push. Don't stop now. What choice you got? <laughs> you want to be pregnant for 10 months? No. After the loss, after the pain that Eve suffered, <laughs> Adam knew his wife again, and she became pregnant with Seth, and everything changed. Happiness and joy. Right on time. This is that baby. Right on time. Did, Guys, you don't think that's prophetic? You don't think that was prophetic right there? Pretty soon, your purpose is going to cry out to you too. Mama, 
I'm here. And then the work really begins. You got to start taking care of that purpose. Somebody say amen. That was prophetic. She became pregnant again. She now is moving in her comeback season. Amen. 